today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. In my Christian life, the only way I'm going to have any hope as a Christian, forget pastor, as a Christian, the only way I'm going to have any hope of standing strong is by the Word of God. The Word of God. The Word of God. I don't know how it is possible for a Christian in the days ahead to be able to stand without knowing and applying the Word of God. God's Word is powerful. It can change you, teach you, and guide you. However, as Pastor J.D. teaches today, in order for God's Word to be powerful in your life, you must be willing to let it change you, teach you, and guide you. When you know the Word and let it do its work, nothing will shake you or break you. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. It's a noble thing to desire the office of a teacher, but you better read the fine print. You better count the cost, because if you're going to teach the Word of God, you will be judged by an infinitely higher standard, because you're dealing with lives and souls for all eternity here. Matthew 7. Maybe I could have you join me in Matthew 7. I want to read verses 24 through 27. Jesus is speaking. It's a parable a powerful parable, really, about this very thing. He says, verse 24, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But, oh, here it comes. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. It didn't just come crashing down. The crash was a great crash. But wait a minute. You got two builders. They both it seems went to the same church, heard the same sermon, the words of Christ. They're both building a house. They both heard the words of Christ. So what made the difference between the one that stood and the one that came crashing down with a great crash? Oh, they heard it. They just didn't heed it. They were a hearer of God's word, as James says, but not a doer. 
Jesus said they did not apply it. They did not practice it. And that's what made the difference. That's what hangs in the balance. It's the doing of God's Word, the applying of God's Word, the living by God's Word. That's when you're rock solid. Bring the perilous times. And the, I don't have to say bring them. They're already here. They RSVP'd. You can have the storm hit, and the storm hits, but I'm not going to be moved. I'm unshaken. I'm, oh, in fact, you know what? Open the blinds. There's a storm out there. That's how solid I am. Why? Because I'm on the rock. The solid rock foundation of God's Word. Listen, I don't know how else to say it. And I speak to you not as a pastor first and foremost, but as a brother in Christ. In my Christian life, the only way I'm going to have any hope as a Christian, forget pastor, as a Christian, the only way I'm going to have any hope of standing strong is by the Word of God. The Word of God. The Word of God. I don't know how it is possible for a Christian in the days ahead to be able to stand without knowing and applying the Word of God. Let me, let me take it a step further. When I say applying the Word of God, well, here, here's what that looks like. Early in the morning do I rise up and seek Thee, O Lord. In Your presence, O Lord, is fullness of joy. You go right to the Word, God, have you seen my schedule today? Are you kidding me? I'm the one who scheduled your day. Yeah, but God, there's no way. I know that's why I scheduled it that way. Yeah, but I can't do it. I know that's why I scheduled it that way. So you come to me, because I can. You need me, don't you? Yes, I need you, God. There's no way. No way. <laughs> Let me say that again differently. <laughs> no way. 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 How? Oh, glad you asked. I'm going to give you that word, word of life, fitly spoken, that is going to apply to that intense phone call that you have scheduled at two o'clock this afternoon. I'm going to give it to you now, so that when that phone call takes place that you're dreading. <laughs> Can I get a witness on that, by the way? <laughs> I'm going to give it to you now, so that it doesn't rock you, it doesn't move you, it doesn't shake you, and it doesn't confuse you. I can't even begin to tell you how many emails we get from people that are just, I mean, freaking out, confused. I mean, I'm hearing this, but then I'm hearing that. They're saying this, and you're saying that. What's up with that? Doesn't matter what you're hearing, or who's saying what they're saying. This is the only thing that matters, is what does God say? What does God say? You know how it is. And I, 
I'm just like you, so please, I hope I never come off as, you know, like, I'm the pastor, and you guys need to get with the program here. We all do it. The storm hits, the problem arises, adversity strikes, and we call so-and-so. And that's the first call we make. Did you hear what happened? No, what happened? Oh my goodness, what are you going to do? I don't know. And here I picture the Lord in heaven, the creator of the heavens and the earth and sea and all that in them is. And He's created all things. And He has available for me and for you everything we need. And here we're calling brothers so-and-so and sisters so-and-so. It's almost like God's in heaven going, hello, what about me? Why don't you call upon me? They're not going to help you. They're just as confused as you are. (laughs) In fact, they make it worse, don't they? Well, you're of no help. I mean, what am I going to do? I don't know. What are you going to do? This is bad. I know this is really bad. Thanks a lot. Wish I would have never called you. Well, you shouldn't have. You should have called upon him. He, he, by the way, it's not a, a monologue, it's a dialogue. Because he responds. He hearkens unto the voice of your cry. And he speaks very specifically and directly to you, chiefly from and through and in his word. You know how it is when you're in the word, and then of course the word gets in you. And I mean, you've read that verse a thousand times before. But today, you read that same verse, and I mean, it comes off the page of your Bible. And it's almost like the night before God inserted your name in that verse. I mean, this, (laughs) thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Two o'clock comes. It's worse than I had even imagined. But I'm unmoved. I'm not shaken. I continue in trust in, never lose confidence in the Word of God. And the house never crashes down, because the foundation upon which it's built is rock solid. The second one, again, in a word, equip, in verses 16 and 17. Now, these two verses are well known as the go-to concerning the infallibility of the Word of God. But again, we still have another problem here. And that problem is, is that, you know, we read it, we know it, we quote it, but sometimes we actually miss what's really in here for us. Let me explain. There's a prerequisite of sorts as it relates to God-breathed Scripture. God-breathed. All Scripture. God-breathed. But don't stop there. It's God-breathed, yes it is. Infallible, absolutely. 
But then he says, it's profitable. It's useful in benefiting us. Wait. Uh, That means that just because Scripture is God-breathed, all Scripture is God-breathed, doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to be benefited by it. It doesn't mean, it's not automatic, that I'm going to be profiting from it. All Scriptures God-breathed. Now, do you, I ask you, rhetorically, do you want it to benefit you? Do you want it to profit you? Well, there's uh, some prerequisites in order for all Scripture that's God-breathed being of benefit and profiting you and being useful to you. Actually, there are four. Paul lists four, and again, if you don't mind, I'll refer to them as prerequisites, but they are four legs on the table upon which our Christian faith stands. The first leg is teaching, or doctrine, depending on the translation you have. And it carries with it the idea of the aforementioned solid foundation, doctrinally sound, solid, strong, that makes you immovable. Here's an example. I was asking the Lord about this this morning as I was preparing, and He just impressed upon my heart that the sound doctrine of the pre-tribulation rapture is probably one of the best examples that I can use. Because see, if I'm wishy-washy about that right now, I mean, I'm freaking out. I mean, I'm back and forth. Are we in the tribulation now? Maybe maybe it's not a pre-tribulation rapture. Maybe we are in the tribulation. Because, I don't know, I don't know. You know what James says about that? Say with me. James says this, chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But, listen, when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is, interesting, double-minded. And how about this word, unstable in all they do. They're not sound. They're not solid. They're not strong in their doctrine. So here comes the storm. And they're back and forth. I don't know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know, what do you think? I don't know. Back and forth, tossed to and fro, double-minded. Think about this. You're, <laughs> well, I'm not going to, I know they have clinical terms for this condition, but you know how it is that some of us just can't multitask? 
You know, that, what's that expression? You can't chew gum, walk at the same time. You know, some people just can't, you know, try, try and, you know, clap. And we just, you know, some of us got it and some of us don't. <laughs> so, it comes to multitasking. Some of us are really good at multitasking in the wrong way because we're double-minded. Uh, my, my mind is thinking, well, it could be. And then here's the other side of the, the, the mind going, well, maybe, maybe it isn't. Are you kidding me? Again, they have clinical terms for this condition. But if you're going back and forth like that, you think God wants you to live your Christian life like that? Hey, think about it as earthly parents. You want your children living like that? Back and forth, unstable, double-minded, confused, don't know what to do? No, you want them solid, sound, strong, not unstable. Leg number two. We don't want to talk about this, do we? Rebuking? Oh, just the sound of the word. It's one of those words that sounds like what it is. I rebuke you. Just got the, it's got, you know, packs a punch. I rebuke you. What does rebuking mean? It means convicting, not condemning. Convicting rebuking and convicting us that what we're doing or not doing is wrong. You need to be rebuked because you're on the wrong path. Oh, it might seem right. There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end is death. Oh, it might feel right. How can something so bad feel so good? Easy. It's called sin. So it's a loving rebuke that you're on the wrong path. And if you continue on this path, it will not end well for you. That's what rebuking is, and it ties in to our third one. Proverbs one twenty three says, Turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my Spirit on you, listen to this, and I will make my words known to you if you have ears to hear. I'll give you the word. I'll give you the answer. I'll direct your path. You just need to turn. You need to repent. You're being rebuked. Here's the problem. We're not rebukable. Is that a word? Let's just say it is. (laughs) We're on the receiving end of a rebuke. We don't receive it. Well, I just don't receive that. Okay, well, I tried. I love you. I tried. Wounds of a friend are faithful and can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. In other words, initially you'll resent that rebuke, but eventually you will appreciate that rebuke, because that person cared enough to rebuke you. You know the person I feel sorry for? Is the person that doesn't have anybody in their life that's willing to look them eyeball to eyeball, belly to belly. That was, that's for the guys, belly to belly. <laughs> and say to them, you know, I care enough about you to rebuke you in Jesus' name. What you're doing is wrong. The path you're on is wrong. And I care enough to say something. And I'm willing, because I love you enough, I'm willing to jeopardize our relationship and friendship and do so. Now initially they might resent you. Eventually 
they will appreciate you. Hey, by the way, it goes both ways. <laughs> uh, so you rebuke somebody in love, tell them the truth, you speak truth in love. Um, they might initially resent you, hate you, unfriend you on social media, unfollow you, <laughs> and block you, you know. And that, but not before sending you one last I mean, message. But I promise you on the authority of God's Word, standing on the Word of God. This is what I mean by don't lose confidence in the Word of God. God's Word says that they will come to that place where they will realize, wow, that was my friend. See, the enemy only tells me what I want to hear. They multiply kisses. That's not love, that's self-love. They're, they don't want to jeopardize their relationship. Now initially you're going to appreciate it. Oh wow, thank you. <laughs> the kisses, right? Yeah. Flattery. Oh, you're good, it's all good. Initially I'm going to very much appreciate that. In fact, I'm going to encourage you to tell me more. What else can you tell me about me that you... <laughs> Initially, I will appreciate it, but eventually I will resent it. Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me the truth? Why did you just tell me what I needed to hear, wanted to hear and not what I needed to hear? I needed to hear that. If you really cared about me, you would have rebuked me. Again, this ties into leg number three, which is correcting. And correcting is the intended result of rebuking, such that one changes course, correcting it, and then making it right. Making amends. Change course. I'm on the wrong path. I need to turn around. Correct my course. The story is told, perhaps you've heard it before, of a huge ocean liner at sea. The captain of the ship sees a light ahead, radios ahead. You need to change course. We're, we're headed right for you. And if you don't change course, we're going to crash. So change course. Response comes back, no. <laughs> How about that? I'm not going to change course. You change course. Response comes back. I'm not changing course. I'm, this is my title and you know, this is, and this is a big ship and you better change course. And the response comes back and says, no, you're going to change course because I'm a lighthouse. You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the word of God. As you continue to learn from 2 Timothy with Pastor J.D., approach each piece of wisdom prayerfully and ask God to show you how you can apply what you learn to your own life. He can and does teach you through His Word, so keep reading. As we continue to learn from the book of 2 Timothy together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know how we can be doing that for you? Just fill out the contact form that you'll find under the About tab at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com or come find us on social media. There's a link to our Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube pages on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and In Spirit and Truth. 
If you're not part of a local church that you can call home, we encourage you to find and begin regularly attending one in your area. And if you're in or near the Kaneohe area, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website, in spiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, you can also find more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates and the ABCs of salvation. This is a simple guide to sharing the good news of salvation in Jesus. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us for this in-depth, verse-by-verse study of 2 Timothy on In Spirit and Truth. 